All right, and we're live here at the station of decapitation without your head. I'm Nasty Neal. I'm Treacherous Trista. And we're joined here with the director and the writer of Lose the Flower of Evil. Hopefully I pronounced that correctly. He will uh, correct me if not. Totally, totally correctly. It's a pleasure to be here, guys. I love that you have nailed in the coffin in your back. Once Excellent. a raven, always a raven. Yes, yes. Very, yeah, Ra Raven Banner, who set this interview up, set up uh, Vampiro earlier. is very cool to, uh, to have everyone on here. And by the way, your name is Juan Diego Escobar Alzante. Cor correct. Yes. Correct. Yeah, so people who aren't aware, could you give, us, uh, give them an idea of what Luz is about? Because it might be hard to, uh, to explain if, they're, if they haven't seen a trailer or in the movie. Well, uh, I would say that Luz, first of all, is... Uh, a gateway to heaven and a descent to hell. I don't consider Loose to be either a, a horror film full of jump scares or, or anything like that. I consider Loose a, a beast of its own. It's a, it's a film that questions basically the notions of religion, of mysticism, of mysticism, of femininity as well. And of course, a, it questions something very important that I think that nowadays we're living and it's that everything that man touches, he corrupts, meaning nature and femininity, especially nature. Is, we are seeing this in this moment with lockdowns and with COVID and with, with all of this. But I would say that Lucy's a poetic dark lullaby that's about a, that it's about like basically a preacher called El Señor that's the leader of a small cult in the mountains a, that he returns one day to his village with a child who is purported to be the new Messiah, but with, with, when he brings him, uh, he only bring, brings uh, destruction, but also redemption, as all the followers start to question themselves, and also his three daughters, uh, and that's what I speak always about femininity in, 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 in this film. So it's basically about that. Yeah, but I'm, it's not a film about, about full of jam scares, or it's no. not even a film that I would say that it's for eating popcorn or having fun. No, it's to, to get immersive into the beauty and the madness of, of, of the film. I agree 100%. And I did, it was too bad that we couldn't see it at a festival now because I could imagine seeing on the big screen, it would be an amazing experience. Because as you said, immersed, I was immersed in the movie right, right when it started. That's great. That's great to hear. Yeah. And I know Trista loved it too, which I was very happy about because, you know, we usually agree, but it was a movie like it is that exciting when you see a movie that's something special and unique and like you want to share it with with your friends and people you know that appreciate film. Yeah, yeah, totally. I I I I, I like a lot that that you say, and yeah, basically, I think that the success that Lewis is having or had is because I I didn't direct it on the on the studio system though, or I didn't talk about anything. I just wanted to do a. And out of the of the common film, and I'm I love Alejandro Jodorowsky, and I wanted to make something like that, just mm -hmm. ideas and that blend together. But I don't like I I I I, I didn't want to do a, a commercial success or anything like that. That oh, this script is so bad because in page fifteen it has to be a crescendo or whatever. I don't care about that shit. Uh, I just care about having fun and making the film that I wanted to make. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what I like about festivals uh, in general. Are you going to see movies that you're not going to really see like on a, at a mainstream cinema? 
And when I was watching it, I kept thinking of, you know, if this was more of a mainstream movie, like it would definitely have a different ending. And I think also would explain a lot more, uh, you know, because totally. they would think, oh, well, they don't know what's going on and stuff. But I like a movie that doesn't tell you what to think. It's up to you, what, what, you know, to take out of it what, what you will. Cool, cool. Totally, yeah. totally. And, and really impressive. This is your first feature film. Yeah, this is my first feature film. I, I used to direct a lot of music videos for foreign bands. Uh, such as Cape the Fade, Matt Simmons, or whatever, uh, uh, and and a lot of commercial jobs. Uh, I mean, like spots. But this was my first feature film. But I've always been a a horror fan and a genre geek. So I wanted to make, of course, this film with uh, with my voice, my total voice. Oh, so you worked before with? Uh, oh, your voice. I'm sorry, I thought you said your voice. So I was just uh, wondering, did you work with a lot of the people before? Uh, with these people in the film, no. This was the first time that I worked with all of them, basically. Because whoever the cine- cinematographer was, I think I have a note, but like it just looks uh, beautiful. Yeah, the cinematographer is Nicolas Caballero. Nicolas Caballero is also from here, from Colombia, from Bogota. Uh, he's insanely good. Basically, he's a lot into fashion uh, film and fashion photography. So basically, I think that if, if we have to say something about Luz, it's definitely that the film looks gorgeous. Uh, and, and, and I think that it, it, it has to be, of course, because the blend of Nicolas' fashion photography and me as a, as a, as a filmmaker that come from, the, from, the, um, from video clips. So uh, it's a good blend, I say, uh, if I may say so, of course, because uh, if you see, for example, the, the color correction in this film, it's very intense, uh, like the skies are purple, and it's something that comes basically from video clips. So I would say that it's it's kind of a good blend, of course, and Nicolas is insanely good. And that to contrast with, like, the themes of the movie and, you know, terrible things going on, for me, is very powerful. Great, great, yeah, definitely. Definitely, I wanted to shoot a movie, basically, uh, that it was... Like kind of horror, like uh, a dark a dark story, uh, but with a lot of beautiful vistas and, and, and beautiful lighting in like in the middle of the of the um, of the of, of the day. I mean, not in the dark, not like all the uh, like basically all the horror movies that are very dark in the not only in the atmosphere but in the happens at night or whatever. So I wanted to have that contrast because not all the beautiful things happen in the day or neither bad things at night. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, Tristan, do you have a question? Um, I do have a question. I'd, I'd first like to say that, so uh, I've been watching, obviously we watch a lot of films and um, you've been really touching on how um, experimental the film is, which it is, and it's very bold in those ways. But I'd like to mention that it also has a very strong uh, story because a lot of times I watch a lot of films that are very experimental and very impressive, but I'm not connecting as much because 
perhaps there's not uh, the through line that brings me through. And so um, to piggyback on that, I'd like to ask about your casting because your story is really supported by some incredible actors and the film is just as powerful as it is aesthetically pleasing. That's yeah, point. yeah, basically, basically the casting here, uh, the casting, I think it's also very good. Uh, like the protagonist, uh, the girl protagonist is called Judy Vargas, and she's basically one of the most renowned uh, actresses here in Colombia. Uh, he does a lot of soap operas and TV. Basically here in Colombia, we don't have a lot of film industry or whatever. Uh, and, and yeah, casting this, it took us a while really to find the correct characters uh, uh, to, to direct him. I'm a director that directs through pain. As I say, I'm, I'm from, I, I love Alejandro Jodorowsky and all his psycho magic and this kind of stuff. Uh, so I'm a director that directs through pain. Basically I direct in order so I can heal and help heal the viewers and help heal the actors that are in front of the camera. So basically, I casted the persons that I thought that also have something more powerful to share rather than just being good actors because they're really, in, in many parts of the film, they're not acting. They're exorcising demons, if I may say so. So it was very cool, of course, to, to cast these people, but, I, but it's not only about the acting because sometimes I prefer just to let them do whatever they want because they're not really acting if I'm, if you know what I mean. Interesting. So along those lines though, you said, you know, uh, cast, uh, you know, expelling demons stuff. How, how is the making of this movie? How has that affected you? Are you a different person after making the movie? Well, definitely. I'm a different person. Definitely. I'm, I'm a different person. I, I wanted to, to make this movie in order to heal many things and basically to, to, to put on paper and on video the questions that I have on, about life that are basically, I don't believe in God and I, or, and I don't believe in the devil uh, as, as beings, but I believe in the idea of God, the, in, in the idea, in, the, in Spinoza's, the philosopher idea of God, that is basically a God that is everywhere, in a smile, on a waterfall, on your eyes, on whatever, but we, in nature, but within that, God lives the devil. So are the same entity. And basically, I, I, I heal a lot of the, of the, of the things that I, that I wanted, that, that I questioned throughout the movie. Uh, basically, there's a story in my life that it has nothing to do with, with, with this particular film, but it has to do, of course, with religion. I, I, I'm not religious uh, since I'm like five years old. And that's very important here in Latin America because we're here in Latin America raised Catholic until whatever. Like, for example, if you see Mexicans, they are incredibly Catholic since the day they're born until the day they die. So, yeah, there's a lot of stories that basically don't have to do with the movie itself but are questions that I put throughout the movie that I had, and that I haven't that I haven't answered though. But at least I had it now on paper, and I do. Oh, okay, now I get so I, that I can question, and that people also can question themselves. And they told me, no, I think that the answer to this is this because I don't have the answers though. Mm -hmm. I just put the questions. I noticed you have a cross tattoo on your arm. Yeah, I have both. <laughs> <laughs> Along the, how, how is the movie uh, 
how do people see it in Colombia? Like, uh, I don't know if, if they, because it's at festivals now and just now on video on demand. So I don't yeah. know if a lot of people have seen it, but. It's, yeah, it, it's really interesting what you're saying because it, when we first shot the film, we definitely thought, oh, we will come to cinemas in Colombia maybe or whatever. But it started to have a great success outside and not inside. Uh, so, for example, uh, the film has distribution in basically, I would say, all the territories by now. And in Colombia, uh, we're just getting out to cinemas uh, next month because we were having uh, a release, the- a theatrical broad release across the country. But of course, due to COVID, we cannot have it. But uh, I would say that the more people that are into, and, and also because here in Latin, no, in Latin America, of course. But here in Colombia, there's not a strong genre presence. So, for example, this kind of film, they just say this, no, that's super weird. I don't watch that shit. That's super weird. I don't understand it. Do you know what I mean? They, yeah. they just don't understand it because they're, they come, basically, uh, cinema here in Colombia, it's extension of the television. So, basically, you, you go to the cinema just to see a one hour and a half uh, TV show of comedy. So, for example, films like this uh, definitely don't have a, a, a big audience as, for example, they have in the UK or in the US where the film's hitting hard. So, Along those lines, how did you yourself get into films like this? You know, uh, you know before even making them, but like, uh, how, how did you find them? Oh, man, that, 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 that's a very interesting question. Uh, I've always, uh, since I was a child, I've been a lot into into films because my father used to watch a lot of of westerns uh, in in sun, on Sundays because they uh, pass it on the TVs, right? So I fell in love with westerns, and then uh, since internet started to to grow, uh, I started to search those films that I watched as a kid, and most of them were spaghetti westerns. So I started to get a lot into a Spaghetti Western. And then, and then when a Spaghetti Western ended, as you know, uh, some directors started to make Jallo films in Italy. So I started, I crossed the path between Westerns and Jallo films. And I started to fall in love with horror. Uh, and that was my pathway to, to this dark side. Yeah. You know, is it, uh, in Colombia itself, what is it? How do you go about like pursuing? You know, I'm gonna. I want to be involved in making movies. I don't know if that's something that's easily, uh, easily it, done. There. It's not. No, not at all. Not at all. It's super weird here. Uh, for example, when I was in school, when I was in in school, uh, everybody when we were graduating, everybody knew what way what they wanted to study, and of course, they were engineers or like just the common careers or whatever just the common things, engineering, or I don't know, whatever. Uh, and I didn't have a clue what the hell what is, was I going to do with my life. And I was like, what I'm going to do, what I'm going to do. I hate engineer. I hate math. I hate chemistry. I hate everything. So what's the only <laughs> thing that I love? Films. <laughs> and then I say, I'm, I'm going to try to make films. And I started filmmaking. But for them, there was the... That, that, that was the thing that it was more unsuccessful. They told me that I would die of hunger. All of those <laughs> things that definitely aren't, aren't true. So I made my path. Well, I'm glad you haven't died of hunger. 
<laughs> but that was basically, and yeah, I studied film. Uh, I studied film uh, in San Francisco, in California, and uh, and of course there's there was there I fell in love with many things, but also uh, in San Francisco uh, I fell in love uh, many with something that also uh, brought me to this kind of films that was punk rock, right? It, I used to be a punk rocker when I was young and a skateboarder, whatever, just when I was young. And I just didn't remember that. But when I was studying in San Francisco, uh, due to my loneliness, of course, uh, I, I went to these shows and I started to fall in love again with this kind of vibes. And I started, of course, with this kind of people. And they, there was a, a small group of people that that love horror films and we have so much fun there. So of course, my childhood brought me to that place. I don't know, it was fate or whatever, but it was super cool because I've never had, for example, here friends that like the things that I like in Colombia. Yeah, it, it's nice when you find like-minded people who are into uh, into into weird movies and stuff. I, you know, yeah, totally. Uh, I didn't have totally a lot of that until, until the internet. Totally. Imagine if we're fucking misfits uh, in the world. Imagine here in Colombia. I mean, <laughs> we don't fit in. If we don't fit in the in the world such as genre lovers, imagine here in Colombia that everybody uh, just drinks coffee and. Yeah, uh, I was I thinking like the one the home. one thing I know is uh, is is coffee because I drink a lot of it and a lot of it's uh, <laughs> coffee. You do make good coffee there, I'll say, or, or roast. Totally, coffee. totally, <laughs> they make insanely good coffee. Now I agree with Trista about uh, about the cast because it was a good point because a lot of people talk about the visuals, but the the movie works as um, as a movie. I think it's all the elements coming together which really makes it something. And you said like um, you weren't necessarily like. Uh, worry about getting the best actors, but so how did you go about that? What was the actual process like of casting the movie? No, like, no, it, it's not that I that I didn't want to have the best. Actors. I understand. No, yeah, totally. I'm not saying because I think they're all excellent in the movie, but I'm just wondering, like, yeah, what was the process was like? Yeah, no, totally. I wanted to have the best actors, but also the best actors that have something to heal, so they're not acting. Their healing is what I what I what I wanted to to just say. So basically, no, it was just like a regular casting. Uh, they go to a place. I started to question many things about their lives, their plot, their problems, what hurts him, what they love, if they have lost somebody. Uh, and I started to question basically that kind of thing because I'm a very mystic person or believe very much in mysticism and energies and connections and whatever. So basically one part of the casting was basically uh, telling stories. I mean, telling me your story of life and basic, based on that story of life, when they interpreted the characters in the casting, I, I pulled some triggers. Do you know what I mean? Like remember this that you told me? So they act in that sort of way. So it's basically kind kind of like that, uh, but it was very interest. It, it was very interesting. I always believe that we as artists, uh, not only not only actors or whatever, we do art somehow just to exercising whatever the hell we are, uh, and basically to yeah to exercise our pain, our doubts, our fears, our whatever. 
our, what we want, what we desire, or whatever. I, 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 and basically, I think that the acting process is not far away from being a true art. I mean, one of the seven arts, it should be one of the seven arts. Uh, acting is, we, we couldn't have film if it was done, if, if there's what there was in acting. So I don't get what the hell is not there. Um, did, when you were doing that, did that affect the script at all? Or even how you saw the characters, like depending on, you know, when you're talking to them, if they had a personal experience that you found interesting and either, not necessarily incorporate that into the script, but may, maybe you would see the character in a different uh, tone. No, the, the, the script was something that wasn't, um, like for me, it's not something that was changeable or whatever. For me, not because it was a story about mysticism and, and it was like every bit of the film has something that I wanted to question. So that's basically why there's a lot of dialogue. So people say, what, there's a lot of dialogue or whatever. I say, because I needed to question uh, and I could have gorgeous vistas, but I needed to question things. And basically preachers just preach. They talk, they need the word to preach. So... It's interesting about the dialogue because I, I watch it twice because um, sometimes I was watching, I really got uh, hooked into it and I wasn't reading along with it just because I was into it. And in a way, you almost kind of understood what was going on, even if I didn't understand the language. Oh, okay. That's cool. That's cool. But I watch it, you know, I would still, you know, make sure. But anyway, it was just, uh, it's a very powerful film on many levels. Great How to hear that. Great to hear that. Do you have an, uh, another question, Trista? I do have a question. So you're, I'm sort of fascinated by this idea of mysticism that you're talking about. And I can see that in the film, now that you say it, like that definitely registers for me. But, and forgive my ignorance, I guess I'm just not sure exactly what it means. If you can, like, can you explain that concept to me? The con which concept exactly? Like, I mean, I, because I, I think I, I explained it though. Like the concept of mysticism through, through, through the basically the film is about dualities, and mysticism in this case has to do along with faith, with religion. Not always mysticism has to do with religion. I can be a mystic person that don't cares about religion. In this scenario, mysticism means having religion or having God within you or God uh, uh, or God uh, outside of you. Like, for example, that's why we have all of these gorgeous vistas and, uh, uh, and incredible wide, wide lenses with landscapes, because I believe that uh, nature is our, our only God and our only devil. Uh, uh, and basically, there's a part in the film that describes very much uh, what I believe about about spirituality and mysticism and uh, and all of this. And are and it's basically and it's basically when they say it, it's a line where, where where the film's sending that you don't have to. When do you remember when they? Here's a spoiler, though. When they let go of Jesus. When the girls say, just in the voiceover, by letting go of Jesus, I understand the true meaning of God. It's basically that. 
lots of people think that God, you have to be at the church or whatever, and you cannot be a a, a Catholic if you don't go to the church or whatever. I, I don't believe at all in that. For me, a, a religion or or faith is within you, not be, not not going to a church or whatever and praying. For me, that's the preacher exactly that is here full of shit. Religion is full of shit, but faith is within you. So that's the thing of mysticism, basically, that I wanted to to explain. I understand. Thank you for elaborating. And um, I actually wrote down killing God is the first step toward faith. That was the quote that yes. like, really struck me. Yes, exactly. That's the, 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 the answer that I just gave exactly. When I was talking with Trista, uh, you know, after we watched the movie, and she mentioned that it had a timeless uh, quality to it. And and I think right at the beginning, because I, I expected, uh, by the look of it, I thought it would, took place like 100 years ago or 200 years ago. And then they find the, uh, the tape recorder. And so then, you know, it's, mo- but then also the tape recorder is buried and it looks very old. So you, you're not really sure what time, what time this is. Cause it, I don't think it's a modern, I don't think the tape recorder is a modern technology. I think it's a old technology within the film. So it could be modern tells right now, or it could be in, even in the future from now, which uh, is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I didn't like, if you ask me in which time was this film or was said it or was said it, I, I, I wouldn't know really. I wouldn't have a clue. I just wanted to have this film that was a temporary. I don't know if that word exists in in English, like not temporary, mm-hmm. like from different times, so that people start to wonder. Oh, I'm watching the witch. Like I'm watching uh, Eggers the witch. Mm-hmm. Oh fuck! There's a <laughs> tape recorder. What the fuck? This guy is starting to say. That's the point that they that 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 I wanted people that. Oh fuck! Here's something that I want to to watch. Why a tape recorder? Because they think, oh no, this might be a mistake. What the fuck? This guy didn't investigate it or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And the, the point in the movie is it, it's foreign to to the the daughters. That you know, it's totally out of their realm. They've never seen such a thing before. Totally. So, uh, and you mentioned the colors earlier, and I, I do think. Uh, you know, it's heavily saturated, a lot of the scenery, and that almost gives it a dreamlike quality where you, I don't think you're sure if some of the things are real or not, which which I think is another thing that really adds to the movie. Yeah, definitely I wanted for sure uh, to, to give this sort of dreamlike experience through the music as well, to whatever, to the beautiful scenery, to everything, uh, so that, for example, in the first in the first. A half of the film, you just fell in love with, oh, this is so beautiful, this is so beautiful, but the, when when they're like, I, I always say, lose it's a one hour trip to heaven and a 40 minute descent to hell. Basically, these saturated tones, I wanted to make something that looks very dreamy, and one of my, two of my main references were for the colorist, uh, where um, the sound of music uh, and and the Wizard of Oz. Uh, I wanted to have those real tones, uh, and it was very hard actually to uh, for the for the colorist. He's insanely good, 
they have a company called We Make Color. Uh, and it was, he told me that it was very hard technically because I wanted the color so saturated that most of TVs pop up, like the, the TV doesn't recognize that tone. So he had to do it in the perfect spot. So for example, it can work in your TV, in my TV, but in the cinema, because all of us has different TVs with different mm-hmm. color space. So yeah. he told me that it was very hard. Yeah, it's something I wouldn't normally think about. How, about you know, you talked about the cast. How, how did you find the crew for the movie? Uh, the crew for the movie, the crew for the movie. Well, most of them, I've, I, I have worked with them before uh, on, on commercial things, like on commercial spots or video clips or whatever with the with the director of photography i knew him from another movie and, and yeah i just started to cast the people that i think that were not only great but also very good to to be along with because we were uh, basically loose we we made a family out of loose really with the cast and the crew because we were shooting uh, in the middle of nowhere with no internet connection with no access to to, to many, to technology. I mean, we, we, so we had to interact with each other and understand each other. So definitely when I was go, when I will be making my next film, that will be a requisite for sure to having, to not have internet connection because you really start to care about the other and you start to, to, to experience things together. So I don't imagine shooting this, this film. And I think the, the, the connection that you say with with the with the like the harmony, if I may say so, uh, between cast, crew, color, whatever, was due to that. Was due to basically we have to interact with each other and understand who they were and why they were there. Interesting. What was the music that plays on the uh, on the tape recorder at the beginning? Uh, Mozart clarinet quintet. Was there was there a reason you picked that specifically? Uh, not really, but I always have believed uh, that in beauty, that something so beautiful, such as music or classical music especially, the devil has to live inside of that. I mean, I've always believed that the most beautiful things, the devil has to do something with that. Not only God. I think it's a duality. It's a whole power. Uh, uh, and for me, uh, classical music is just so incredibly made that it, it has to do, it has to be made by the devil, I don't know. Well, why is that? Why is that? Is it a temptation or? Yeah, I, uh, I don't really have like a big uh, answer to that, but I've always believed just that something so poetic and something so powerful and something so symbolic God cannot create it. I, I mean, there has to be a dark side uh, to things that are so beautiful. I don't know. I be, I've always believed that in poetry lies the devil, in music lies the devil, in films like the devil lies the devil. So I tend to believe more in the devil than in God. So sometimes I even believe that God is the devil. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. I'm just well, what, what is your... I know you, you, well, what is your definition of the devil? I mean, is it something, is it, is, is the devil evil? For, no, that, that's the thing. 
Like for me, it's exactly what I said about the idea of Baruch Spinoza, the philosopher. Like there cannot be good without evil. It has to be the same thing. And, it, and it's basically like, a, just like, like, like your shadow. I mean, you cannot live without your shadow. You cannot kill your shadow. You have to kill yourself. So basically you're two persons, but you don't know the other because it's the same as you are. Do you know what I mean? It's like us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, isn't I, I find it very interesting, and uh, I mean it's really connected to the to the movie, kind of the idea of uh, two sides of the same coin. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's what's ba- basically loose. The I mean, the film is called Loose for two different reasons. Loose is the it's the 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 Spanish name for light. I mean, it's it's the yeah, it's the Spanish name for light. Uh, and also, if you see the three characters of the film, they are called Lila, Uma, and Sion. And Sion. Uh, basically, their first letters they form the same the same luz. I mean, Lila, Uma, and Sion. They they form the same luz. What is this? Uh, because, uh, for example, when you have uh, I don't know how. A stained glass. Stained glasses are, are the are the things that are on the um, stained glass are the things that are on the churches, right? Yeah. Like the glasses. Mm-hmm. Okay. When light passes through a stained glass, for example, when a ray of light passes through a through through blue, through red, through whatever, they form this. Only because of white light streaks, strikes that, and of course, white light is the purity. It's pure. It's pure light. But basically, I mean, color. Uh, black is the absence of color. Oh, the absence of light. Sorry, mm-hmm. it's the absence of light, and the, and totally the opposite. It's color that it, it's white, that it's the all colors combined together. So basically, those are all of these people that are combining to form just a tree, that it's basically loose. Um, how, how <laughs> did, did you, I know, you know, a lot of the festivals now are, um, are virtual, but did you get a chance to actually attend any festivals that, that played loose? Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Uh, it was so, it was my most beautiful memory, though. Uh, uh, as I say, I didn't knew how how well this film will perform outside of my country, so I just started to submit it to film festivals. And I've always dreamt as a film, uh, as a genre geek, of sieges. And the first festival that I, that I submitted was the first festival that I that I that I that I that the film get into, and it got into the main category. I mean, in, I mean, with Richard Stanley and with so incredible directors that I met in Sieges, and I was competing like my small film was competing against the filmmakers that I adore. So it was for me very very incredible because I don't give a shit about the Oscars. I don't give a shit about Sundance. I but I do give a shit about Sieges. And about those kind of things, Fantastic Fest, Fantasia, 
those kind of festivals. So yeah, I attended Sidges. Uh, I attended Morbido in Mexico. We won Morbido. Uh, and the story, the story uh, of distribution, it started, of course, uh, due to to Sidges. Like, for example, Raven Banner picked up the film at Sidges. Uh, and that's how I started to to know, of course, the whole Raven Banner family. That they opened me many doors. If they if there weren't for them, uh, of course, my film would be a local film, a local film. I mean, in, in Colombia. But it was discovered, of course, thanks to Sidious and thanks to them. Uh, and and I was in Morbido. I went also to Buenos Aires, Rojo Sangre. I was also in in Glasgow Film Festival in Scotland. So yeah, and there were of course many others that I would that I would have went because, of course, with with this COVID shit, oh man, uh, it took me five years to make this film. And of course, the thing that I loved the most was film festivals, as I started mm-hmm. to 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 knew what what the experience was. And for me, of course, it's very hard because another film will take a while until we made it, so it can go to festivals. So. Basically, we lost half of the festival route in terms of my of my presence there of yeah. being presential. So yeah, yeah, it kind of sucks. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, especially like you said, you take five years, and this is your first feat. All the all those reasons and not being able to to attend. Yeah, but I, it's cool that you got to go to the Stidges. Which I've never totally. been there, but I, but it's one of the main oh, things I miss you, definitely is is uh, film festivals. Any one of the movies you here. have. To you have to go. I mean, I, I haven't been in, in in Fantasia or Fantastic Fest that I that I think are the largest one in North in North America in genre. Uh, but dude, uh, this is a whole city that just lives and breathes genre cinema. A whole city, not just a, a little spot. It's a fucking whole city. <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah. That sounds good. I saw you did really well at, at Buffalo Dreams Fantastic Film Festival uh, recently, uh, and that's a festival I normally attend, but you know I couldn't this year. But uh, I was happy. I mean, it looks like it's doing really well at all the festivals. Yeah, I mean, Luz is playing very good at all the festivals. However, in in in, in the U.S., it's coming along pretty well. Like we we won basically all the top prizes at Buffalo Dreams. Mm-hmm. And afterwards, we won all the top prizes at, at Horrible Imaginings, also in the U.S. So, yeah, and that, those, are all, those are the only two festivals that we have played in the U.S. And now it's coming CineQuest. And that's it. Yeah. And uh, um, we just started doing stuff with Raven Banner, you know, Tristan and I, for, for the show. And uh, they have a lot of interesting titles, which I like. I like... Uh, uh, you know, they put out stuff that you, that other places might not, you know, take a chance with because it's uh, it doesn't necessarily fit into a lot of different ca- uh, genres. It's you know, you call it a horror movie, yeah. but is it really a horror movie? You know, to me, it doesn't matter. It's an interesting movie. Yeah, totally. I believe that Raven Banner, uh, like for example, when when I started to when 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 I sent the film and they contacted me back that they wanted the film for me was incredible because of course I, I grew up watching their films and I've never believed that they would uh, pick the film. Like, of course it, it was like sort of the same thing with sieges. Do you know what I mean? Like it's a dream, but 
they did come true. And yeah, especially Rave and Butter, they have like so many great titles that doesn't fit exactly in a genre or whatever. They explore and they are, that's very cool, of course, because they see potential in filmmakers, not only in films, but in filmmakers. And I love that about them. They opened me many doors, and that's why I say that once a raven, always a raven, as I saw nailing the coffin <laughs> in your. Very good. Yeah, excellent. Um, so also the DVD um, release, which you can get on Amazon. Uh, what, what kind of specials are on that? Yeah, the DVD, it's come, it, it comes from Dark Sky Films in the U.S. The DVD is only available as of now in the U.S. The film just got released on, se- on September 15th mm-hmm. on the United States and on Canada, in Canada. Uh, the DVD's specials are, you can get it at Amazon or Best Buy, I mean, like all of those stores in the U.S. And the DVD is pretty cool because it has... Uh, a one-hour feature, uh, like behind, uh, yeah, the behind the scenes. One hour behind the scenes of how we made the film. One hour uh, documentary of our CJS premiere, right? Just like we experiencing there, we were videotaping everything. Uh, I went there with with some of the cast, with three members of the cast and the producer, uh, and and that's it. That that that's there. Uh, we have also the original soundtrack. Uh, and I think that's all. That's good, though. Yeah, I, I, I think that's all. Uh, we would need a Blu-ray edition to fit more content, but hopefully right. someday we can have that Blu-ray, man. I'm dreaming of that Blu-ray, but in the U.S. or Canadian version, of course, because, man, this movie is worth the 4K, or do you know what I mean? The 4K oh, yeah. or the yeah. or whatever. I mean, it's a film that deserves it, to be watched with all the film grain, all the little things. So, yeah. of course, DVD. Not just because uh, you're here, but I agree with that. Uh, I think, uh, uh, like I said earlier, but I really wish I would. Uh, it's a movie definitely I would like to see it on the big screen. Yeah, totally, totally on the big screen. I would love this on the big screen. And in festivals, that it, it's the only time that I watch it on the big screen because we haven't had yet a commercial release in theatrical. We will have it uh, later on, on October in Mexico, uh, and on October also here in Colombia, and in Russia. But, oh, wow. but only, yeah, only in those three territories in theatrical, ah, and on Greece. So do you know what I mean? What the fuck? I was incredibly like surprised when they say like Greece or Russia, my film in Russia, what? Yeah. And they, they send me the dubbing and I was like, holy fuck, this is real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you said you thought maybe it'd just be a local movie and maybe in Colombia, yeah. they're not into you know, this weird horror movie. And now it's playing, you know, in Greece and, and yeah, Russia. Totally. And States totally. And Totally, but but yes, as I made this film, of course, like people started and genre, especially here in Colombia, because we're such a small country in terms of, of filmmaking, uh, genre film started to to get a lot of uh, of attention. Not genre film, but for example, Luz started to get a lot of attention because, of course, it was one of the only ones. Mm-hmm. So so that's also it, it's very bad, but also very cool. Because, of course, there's not a lot of people doing so. So your film highlights over the other ones. All right. Uh, Tristan, do you have another question? I'm sorry. 
Yeah, I do have a question. You're mentioning that there's less less filmmaking going on in Colombia, so it's a little more appreciated maybe. So here in LA, independent film can be a little tricky. They can be real sticklers for permits, etc. Is it a little easier to navigate that then? Oh, here in Colombia, it's incredibly simple. Incredibly simple. Uh, you just, <coughs> I mean, uh, as I lived also in San Francisco and studied in San Francisco, uh, yeah, I remember in the, in, when, when I was in school, like asking for a lot of permits or whatever, they were or expensive, or you have to do a lot of things to have it for free. Uh, here in Colombia, it's basically uh, way simpler. You just uh, go to, to the person, like for example, to the place that you want to shoot or to the police, just uh, is give them a letter. Why are you shooting this? Is this for commercial stuff, not commercial stuff? If they agree, they just sign. If not, you cannot shoot, but it's basically free. Were the were the villagers uh, actors, or or were some of them, uh, you know, not the ones some in mines, but yeah, some of them uh, are from are from the actual villas that that we shoot in. Yeah, so some of them are are, are real villagers, and the place we shot in, of course, uh, we we asked for all the permissions for all of the things we spend, of course, scouting and whatever, living in the place, uh, like building the house or whatever, like four or five months. So we started to fall in love also with these villagers. And with these villagers, basically, we they, uh, we bought them food for, I mean, they were the people that cooked us, for example, breakfast. So that's also why we started to make sort of a family. I've always believed that filmmaker also has a responsibility with this kind of people. Like we here in Colombia, uh, and I would say in, in most of Latin America, there's a very big social difference. Do you know what I mean? Uh, like, for example, uh, in Colombia, in Latin America, there's people that have that that are have uh, money, or people that are poor. We don't have a, a middle class. A middle class, very high. Like, so it, it. So I think that filmmaking, and especially here in Latin America has the responsibility of helping also these individuals. So of course we bought them the food from them. So as we shot, they also were gaining money or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because these kind of things. So yeah, that, that kind of sucks of course, uh, here in Latin America in sort of that way, uh, but we, we, we need to help all the ways we can. So uh, I, I know you said you did some shorts before. Are they horror related at all, or were they all like music? Uh, no, I, I made uh, I, I have made two short films. Uh, one is called "Live Like Dearest," that basically is just uh, uh, how 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 to say it. It's like a found footage, a dreamy fantasy experimental tale based on uh, eight millimeter footage that I recollected from different persons from around the world and tell the story. And the other one was my, my grad school short film that it was, uh, it's called The Colors of Hope and Wonder, that it's basically a version, I, uh, not a version, but, but it's sort of like The Goonies. It's like adventure fantasy sure. for kids. Yeah. 
but it's very dreamy and also very experimental, also very, very gloomy, gloomy. Yeah, like sort of obscure in some parts. But yeah, it's a fantasy, a fantasy adventure tale. Are those online? Can can, can you check them out? Yeah, uh, no. Uh, Live Life Dearest, it's not online. Uh, but, uh, and, and also, uh, The Colors of, of Hope and Wonder, I cannot release it online because DirecTV, it's on DirecTV. They hold rights. Okay. All right. Well, you can, you can see them then. Like if you... It's, it's of yeah. course, like a familiar kind of film, so it's very good for DirecTV. Oh, that's very cool. Uh, by the way, I love the, the poster art, too, for uh, Luz. Oh, man, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Uh, I, 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 I'm, a des- I'm a designer myself. I designed the posters. Oh, and really? I'm basically, yeah, due to that, due to, to the posters of Luz, um, I started to get questions from other filmmakers. Who did this? And no, it was me. And I started to get jobs in graphic design. So these times that I'm that I'm here in my home, um, in my home uh, here in Colombia, we're still in lockdown, so we cannot go out, uh, of course, to, due to coronavirus. Uh, I'm here in my house making a poster for a Danish movie, for a U.S. movie, and for a Korean movie. So at least I have work. But yeah, it was <laughs> yeah. Due, it was due to the poster of Loose. Oh really? That no, that's awesome. Well, they're smart though, because uh, it's it's great work. So I'm glad that it's working out for you. Uh, do you have? I know. Uh, I saw that you had a shirt. I think on uh, on Facebook or something. Do you sell those anywhere? The the loose shirts. The loose shirts. Uh, well, I started to sell it here in Colombia, and of course, people in the U.S. started to to ask for them. But uh, I, I I I just don't. Like for me, it was for the cast and for the sure. crew and whatever. Like if we ship it there, it costs more than the shirt. Right. You know right I mean? yeah. Like Ship, yeah, shipping's always been a lot, but right now it's yeah, it's it's exorbitant. Yeah. So now it's just for I would say for the cast and the crew, and uh, and when I go to a festival, of course I bring some t-shirts for for uh, for the festival directors and for 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 kind of like that, uh, but that's it. Yeah. Uh, Trista, do you have another question or comment? I'm wondering, um, so do you do, you do poster design, you're a filmmaker, uh, do you do any other sorts of arts? No, it's all basically like film related. Uh, well, I started to, well, the reason why I, I'm not like, for example, a designer professionally, but for example, uh, I didn't like the designs that that they were making of the film, and I was like, no, shit, I, I, no, I I I know how to use Photoshop, and if I have to to spend seventy hours doing the poster that I want, I will spend seventy hours. Do you know what I mean? So I started to to recognizing everything, and now I can design super fast, and I fell in love with the job of of, of, of graphic design. Uh, but also, I mean, I'm a colorist for film. Uh, I edit, I write, of course, uh, yeah, but mostly due to filmmaking. All of this was due to filmmaking, but no other arts at all. No, I, I, I saw you working on, on another feature. I don't know if you can say much about that. Yeah, uh, well, we, we cannot say much about it, 
Uh, it's called uh, Searching for the Black Rainbow, and it's a, a folk horror, a Lovecraftian a spaghetti western uh, uh, that is set in the middle of the jungle. Uh, and and yeah, it, it, it have has, uh, as of now, a great success. Like we have go to to Bifan in, in South Korea, that it's like the largest uh, genre film festival uh, in Asia. So we were there and we recently got selected as well to the Peach Buck at Sidges. So it's only seven projects in this upcoming uh, October. And we will pitch, of course, to win like top prizes there and um, meet uh, co-producers, investors or whatever. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. When you know, you said you know you were watching spaghetti westerns, which brought you to the Giallo films. What were some of the horror movies that like, uh, you know, influenced you and made you like this is something I want to do? Okay, well, the movies that I like the most, I mean, in the horror genre or the spaghetti genre. You um, mean? Well, honestly, you could say either one, and then we'll we'll have some specific horror ones. But I'd be interested okay. in one of any movies you were into. Okay, The Great Silence by Sergio Corbucci. I love it. I love it. The Ugly Ones by Eugenio Martin. I love it. Uh, I mean, those are spaghetti westerns. Uh-huh. Uh, of course, in terms of Jalos, uh, I love The Case of the Scorpion Tales, Suspiria, uh, Phenomena. Of course, all, all of the Argento kind of films. In terms of horror, I love uh, one of the films that I watched as a kid that still haunts me in my dreams and for me is the most terrific film that I've seen in my life. Uh, it's The Entity. For me, it's wow, man. That's really good. Have you seen The Entity? Yeah, yeah. I saw it uh, I saw it as a kid and then I saw it not too long ago on 35 mil. It was a couple of years ago on 35 millimeter oh, at a uh, local theater. That film is the most... Oh, man, it haunts me in my dreams still. It's incredible. For me, it's impressive. Uh, of course, The Return of Ringo, of course, also I like. Also, I like a lot of new, of new films, uh, of newer films, of course, such as The Witch. Uh, I loved, of, I, I, I'm very fan of, of, ah, fuck, what's the name of the guy? The, the guy from, from The Eyes of My Mother and Piercing. What's the name of the guy? I know that Do you remember? Not, yeah. I'm going to cheat and look it up here. Alexandre Pesce. Pesce. Nicolas Pesce. Nicolas Pesce. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Oh, man. That, that, that movie, like for me, uh, uh, The Eyes of My Mother is the most remarkable debut future film I've seen in my life in terms of, of the genre. It's impressive. If you haven't watched it, watched it. Uh, it's impressive. For me, it's incredibly remarkable. And the other, the other film from him, Piercing, it's also insanely good directed. Interesting. Now, when, when you uh, went to the festivals, uh, were there any, uh, besides uh, your own film, was there any uh, other standouts? Well, it depends, of course, on, on, on each festival. I have films that I, that I like or that I would like to watch or whatever. Like, for example, uh, here, we're, in, we're just here in Hardline uh, Film Festival. 
uh, in Germany. Uh, and there's a film that I want to see so bad that got into Fantasia that it's called Sator. Sator. It looks amazing. Also, another film that I that I that I've been watching that I like for, when I was in Sitges, I wanted to watch so bad Color Out of Space of uh, Richard Stanley. Richard Stanley man. I wanted, yeah, and it was like one of the first. Uh, uh, festivals that the, the the film played in, so of course I was very fortunate to watch it there, uh, and also to meet Richard in in Stiges. So that was another. Richard Stanley's uh, amazing. A cheap plug for Without Your Head, but uh, there's two interviews. One's a short one recently, but there's a one from a few years ago before he started making movies again. It's like three hours long, and uh, people oh, should check it out. It's one, and we weren't doing that, video yet, and I regret that because he was in a in his castle that he lives in. And he had this crazy hat. He was smoking, not tobacco. And I really wish I had it on video, but uh, but the audio is <laughs> very fun. That's super cool. That's super cool. Yeah. And other films that I would like to watch that I've seen, like in festivals or whatever, that I, that my film have played in. Yeah. Al Morir La Matine. It's like a film that's from Uruguay that's playing uh, in sieges and on different festivals, and it lo- also in Heartline, and also in, in, a pe- in a festival in Spain that my film is in called Curtas, uh, and the film looks stunning, stunning. Uh, for the sake of Bichus also from Raven Banner, I want to see that, that one so bad. Uh, it's cool also from Raven Banner that it's from Brazil. I wanted to watch it in Fantaspoa, in Brazil, uh, so yeah, a lot of very different titles that I that I that I want to watch, or that I when I was in the festival I wanted to watch. But definitely the film that haunts me the most, or that that one that I want to watch the most in this moment, it's Sator or Sator. I don't know how it's pronounced, but it looks it incredible. Like this up real quick. You- it looks incredible. Uh, it played it in Fantasia. And I don't know, I think that just, I don't know if, if in TIFF, but in Fantasia it played. All right. I'll have to look it looks incredible. But yeah. I'm very, and I like that you're, uh, that you're, that you're uh, into other movies. You know, you're not just talking about your own stuff. Uh, I appreciate no, no, that. No, no, that no. You're clearly a, a fan of, of, of film. No, not at all. I, I do movies, as I told you, I do movies because I fell in love with, I, I I didn't know what else I love, and I I am a filmmaker thanks to the other filmmakers. So do you know what I mean? So yeah, of course I, I I love watching movies, and I love investigating about movies, about about everything that has to do with filmmaking, with new techniques, with everything, with everything. And of course, uh, in the genre, of course, I'm always investigating about new films, new directors, new whatever. Was um, uh, Conrado, who plays El Senor, is he in, uh, like, is he a big, is he in a lot of stuff in Colombia? Because he's a, I thought he was, you know, tremendous in the movie. Everybody say that, and shit. Uh, Like, everybody say Conrado, and Conrado was great, and I'm so like uh, I don't know what's the word but Conrado is it's uh, a man that now started to get old of course and he hasn't had the, the, the big chances here in Colombia 
Now with Luz, Luz has opened to Conrado insanely big doors because there were very many doors that were closed for 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 him, like to him. Do you know? And now with 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 Luz, it has been like a reborn to to his job or his craft. But definitely, he hasn't had those much those much chances. I think it's a it'd be a hard character to play because he does a lot of things that are you know despicable and but yet he has to have a lot of presence and a charisma for people to follow him at the same same time totally totally yeah it's it, it's uh it's uh he he always say Juan this is the best character of my life and I fell in love with him since the moment I watched I read the script and thank you thank you thank you for this character he always thanks me for that character. I know I should thank him, though, for that interpretation because it's so fucking good because it's very raw. Oh, yeah. yeah. Has there um, actually, actually has there been any backlash to the movie? Because uh, it, I don't think the end is expected, which is good by me, but I, I could see how some people might have an issue that, I don't want to spoil the movie, but, you know, maybe some people don't get their comeuppance or anything like that. Has there been, like, anyone who's... Not just not like the movie, but we're mad about the movie. Mm, well, maybe not so much far, a festival audience would be that way, I guess. Yeah, as far as I know, like nobody has told me, oh no, or, or there it is because of the ending. Because I think it's such a, it, it's an experience though. I, I think the film, I mean, or you like it or you hate it. It's not a film that has a middle point. Are yeah, you I like could definitely. Like, no, so it's not a movie someone's like, eh, it's okay or something. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I don't think that they would say, oh, no, the movie's good, but can't. No, they like it or they don't like it. I don't think there's a middle point in this. And I love that because that's basically fate. Fate is black or Much white. Much like the movie, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Black, white, but it's not in the middle. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I definitely. Um, yeah, I know that the film have haters, will have haters, of course, but also will have lovers and have had lovers. So it's just art. Yeah. yeah like you said, though, it's, it's best to get a reaction from someone, either negative or positive, as opposed to apathy, totally. I think. Yeah. Totally, totally. I, I prefer just if they tell me, I felt something, because that's the goal of a film, make you feel. Mm-hmm. Good or bad, but make you feel. Uh, Tristan, do you have anything else? I wanted to mention that um, I, I really love the music in in the film, um, and if you could speak on that, I think it is Brian Heater. Is that, is that his name? Yeah. Um, yeah. I I thought it was really overwhelming and and swelling and, and really helped tell the story and, and matched the um, immersive visuals. Yeah, Brian Heater. It's a musician that that I met in San Francisco. He also uh, went to the same school that I went to, and we became quick friends. Uh, and yeah, basically, all that I, want, that, I, that, I, that, I, that I sent to Brian were references. And when he sent me the cues for those references, I was like, holy fuck, but this is better than the references. I was very incredible, very, very, what what's this word? Very impressed. I was very impressed with what Brian what Brian did, and also some things that I would like to highlight. Of course, due to technology, of course, was that 
just a guy can do a lot of things with a computer and a piano and whatever. Do you know what I mean? Nowadays, it's impressive. Like, for example, Brian did the whole music by himself and his girlfriend, and that's it. So, and of course, uh, in other times, there has to be a big orchestra or whatever. And of course, due to that, uh, the, the budgets are so, so, so big, for example, uh, uh, in the in the past films, and now of course things are easier. Not not easier. Yeah, easier, easier in some sort of way. Also with the cameras, of course. <clears throat> and what Tris was saying there about the music uh, adding to the immersive effect of the movie, I think that's sometimes overlooked about uh, theatrical experience as well. As it's not just the visual, but the sound. You know you feel the sound when you're in a theater and uh, all of that really uh, comes together. So when you're watching, if you are going to watch a movie at home, put on some headsets or turn off, turn off your phone and turn off the lights and in the, don't, don't be playing yeah. uh, whatever video games people play Farmville, which I know no one plays today, but whatever it is today, don't be a, uh, just yeah. watch the movie. If you, if you guys are in the U S or whatever, the people that are viewing or, or, are you in Canada or do you have spectators in all of the world? Uh, PBI people listen all over. We're, okay. we're, we're okay. both in the United States, but people listen all over. Okay. If you're in the United States or in Canada, that's only the, 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 the places that the film has got a release yet. Uh, yeah. Don't turn off your, your phone or whatever. Don't go to the bathroom because it's a film that you get lost in just one minute. It's a whole experience, a whole ride. So don't don't go or popcorn or whatever. It's not a film that you go with your girlfriend and start to kiss or no. Nah. It's a film that you that it's very exist better experienced on your own. Not with anybody else, if I may say so. Yeah. And you said uh, right away, honestly, again, not just because you hear, like uh, right away when it started, I, I was uh, right into it, uh, the stark visuals and everything. I was like, oh, this is going to be something that I want to pay attention to. Great, great, great. So turn off your phones. Exactly, which I recommend for any movie, but uh, especially for for movies. So uh, where can people, we mentioned you can get on Amazon. Um, is there a website people can follow uh, to see what's uh, happening? Yeah, 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 sure. Uh, we have a Twitter account and a Facebook account. In Facebook, you just can search for Lose the Flower of Feeble. And on Twitter, we are us, we are us, wait one second, I check, Lose L-U-C Film, Lose Film. We're just like that. Uh, we post uh, several several updates, of course, to people so they can pay attention to what's happening, to have them, of course, in the, in the state of the art of what's happening with the film. Uh, and yeah, uh, the film can be, can be seen now on BOD also, in major BOD outlets such as uh, iTunes, Apple TV, uh, Amazon Prime, Fandango, Now, Microsoft PlayStation, all of, all, of, all of those, you can watch the film now. Excellent. And how about yourself? Can people follow you, see what you're up to? Because I, 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 for one, am uh, very interested in see what you do next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can. I, I only have Instagram. It's, it's at J 
D E A and the number 13. J D E A 13. Okay. All right. Very good. Well, it's been awesome. I love I I know both of us love the movie and I hope pe- people check it out and uh continue success with it. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Thank you. Thank you for this invitation and and I'm glad to yeah, like the word spreading, of course, for indie film is something such as important. The the word on word of mouth, it's how you call it. Yeah, we have word of mouth. Yeah, yeah. was it actually when yeah. we announced you were coming on? Uh, uh, some people I know uh, from the film festivals who make their own movies that were excited that you were coming on, and uh, I know Gregory Lamberson who runs uh, Buffalo Dreams Fantastic Film Festival. He's excited to listen to the interview. So, like you said, I oh, you know, people are, are hearing about the movie, finding out about it. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool, of course. Uh, also, to say it, uh, it's important that if you watch the film, uh, please uh, rate it on IMDb. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, if you, if you can in Rotten Tomatoes, that's fantastic. Of course, that's very important for we as indie uh, filmmakers and also for indie distributors. It's also very important to know the opinions of the people. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And uh, thanks, Raven uh, Banner, for uh, setting this up. We appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Thanks, everybody, for watching. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Bye bye. Thanks for doing this. Bye. bye. Hi, everybody. I'm Bill Whedon. Uh, that's right, Bill Whedon uh, from Sergeant Kabuki Man NYPD. I'm here wearing my Without Your Head t-shirt, drinking from my Without Your Head cup. I, I, you may not know that I'm going to be in a movie that's coming out fairly soon, produced by the head honcho of Without Your Head, Mr. Neil Jones. Anyway, I'm here not to promote movies, but to get you to go out and vote. Now, you may not know it, but when I made Sergeant Kabuki Man NYPD back almost 30 years ago, even then... That character, that hateful, villainous character, was based on Donald Trump. Now, not to say I'm not here to, you know, tell you who to vote for, but uh, that villainous, horrible character was based on Donald Trump, just incidentally. But my main purpose here is to get you to vote, no matter who you vote for. No matter who you vote for, go out and vote. Uh, I'm not voting for Donald Trump, but you can vote for whoever you want to, just Get out and vote. This is the most important me- this is the most important election of our lifetime, and the reason is we want to get Trump out of there. But go out and vote for whoever you vote for. This is Bill Whedon saying, vote. <laughs>